Hey guys, welcome to the very first episode, the pilot episode of The Daily Churn. Although technically this isn't actually the first episode. I recorded one a couple days before this and it ended up running almost two hours, which I think is a little bit too long. So I'm going to try and cut it down to 15-20 minutes, which I think probably means I will only be talking about one subject per episode. But the goal is to kind of make it like a bite-sized thing that you can listen to while driving and provide a bit of, you know, tips, tricks, and maybe just general inspiration and motivation to keep on churning. Because as we know, with this hobby, there's definitely a lot of ups and downs. Some days everything's posting correctly and your bank account bonuses are triggering and you're getting approved for credit cards and other days you're in Amex pop-up jail and referral bonuses aren't tracking and Swagbucks isn't responding to your emails. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so for today, I think I'll just focus on one aspect of churning, which is bank accounts and not even bank account bonuses, but just actual bank accounts, like checking savings accounts that have good interest where you can park your money. And specifically the HM Bradley account, which has just been a huge game changer for my wife and I, my P2, in terms of giving us a super convenient place to park money. So I think most of you are probably familiar with this account already, but whether you have it or not, I think there's a couple useful things that I've sort of found out along the way that will make the account a lot easier to both uh, open, maintain, meet the requirements, and maintain some level of liquidity in your account. And what I mean by that is H&M Bradley is unique in the sense that uh, it has two requirements that you don't see with other accounts. Uh, so a little bit of background on it is that it's a 3% interest rate account for $100,000, up to $100,000 in savings, which is far and large the best place to park money currently in terms of savings account compared to uh, all the other options out there, which prior to HM Bradley, you know, I'm in P1, P2 mode with my wife. We had eight or 10 accounts between various little credit unions, you know, like Evansville Teachers Credit Union, Heritage Bank, LMCU, Consumers Credit Union, all these guys. And, you know, they're offering 3%, which is great, but only up to $25,000. And they had weird little requirements that they each wanted, like you wanted, they want you to log in X number of times a month, which you could then work around using Mint to auto log in. They want, some of them want like 20 debit card transactions a month, which then means you have to do Amazon reloads. And with four accounts on my end and four or five accounts on my wife's end, we're doing a couple hundred Amazon reloads a month, which then you start looking into like automated options that some people have posted on our churning and it's a whole thing, right? And you're maintaining so many of these little accounts at these random credit unions that are also just generally difficult to use. Like their websites, because they're so small, look like they're built in the 90s and they each have their own little quirks. Most recently with Heritage Bank, we, we've stopped using it because we've switched completely over to HM Bradley and they sent us a notice in the mail saying that our account is currently inactive and they're going to move it into a dormant status and charge us $10 a month for it to be in a dormant state. Or we could call in and cancel. 
and, and close the account. So it's just like these little th- frustrating things that pile up when you start adding a lot of these accounts that add to the headache. And that's where HM Bradley really swooped in and kind of conquered the the savings account side of things. They are kind of like a newish fintechy company. So the web interface is really nice, really easy to use. But the thing that they did differently, and you know, apparently it's working because I think they just raised more venture capital funding, is that they've implemented a couple of requirements designed to have you deposit money, your payroll, as much as your payroll as possible in there a month and keep it in there. So the two H.M. Bradley requirements work really well together in tandem to essentially highly disincentivize you to withdraw money out while incentivizing you to continuing depositing your paycheck in, even after you've reached the $100,000 where um, you're getting that 3%. And so we'll go into the first of the requirements, which is just that they want you to deposit payroll into the accounts every month in order to maintain the 3% interest on any money you have in there. Now, if you are unemployed or self-employed, this can be challenging because they have their own system of whitelisting and blacklisting what kind of direct deposits they decide to constitute as a employer payroll. Now, the workaround, if you are unemployed or self-employed, is using Square and Gusto. Those are self-service payroll providers that you can just sign up on and pay 5 to $6 a month and set yourself up as a contractor and essentially deposit money into those accounts. Now, originally, I'd uh, on my first recording in this podcast, I went pretty deep into the differences between Square and Gusto. I, I may do a separate episode about it, but in a nutshell, I would recommend you use Square. They don't do any tax reporting on your behalf, which is good in this case because you don't necessarily want the money you transfer into H.M. Bradley where you set yourself up as a contractor to then be reported to the IRS that you are paying yourself uh, as a contractor, right? That's additional tax liability. So using Square is pretty easy. It's this really basic UI, $6 a month with Square, and you'll be able to essentially pay yourself. And Square Payroll, as well as Gusto, are both classified automatically by H.M. Bradley as employer payroll. So that's a great option if you're self-employed or unemployed and you're looking to use this account. Now, even if you're employed, it's still useful because... Not all employers offer the ability for you to split your payroll. Like if you have $100,000 in there, you don't necessarily want your five dollars $10,000 paycheck each month to keep going entirely into H&M Bradley where you're not going to earn interest. You'd want maybe like ten dollars or $100 to go in just to trigger the requirement. But again, not all employers offer that. So if you're in one of those situations, then again, Square or Gusto is a great option. Now, the method I personally use, which isn't Gusto or Square, is more along the lines of figuring out what the H.M. Bradley whitelisting algorithm uses to decide whether or not your dark deposit is an employer dark deposit. Because, you know, there's no... Dark deposits are sent as, you know, automated clearinghouse transfers, and there's no additional info provided. There's no tag or category that the sending bank gets to put on there that says, hey, this is an employer payroll, this is a social security benefit, etc. Like the only thing that gets passed along is the sending bank's name, as well as a descriptor. 
The sending bank and the descriptor are the two things that most banks are using to determine whether or not an employer payroll is an employer payroll. And each bank institutes that differently. So with HM Bradley, the thing, one thing that they're definitely looking for is the word payroll in the descriptor. And that's why Square and Gusto both are able to trigger the employer direct deposit part automatically. The discovery that I made recently was that an additional thing they're looking for is the word LLC. The way I discovered that was, you know, on the DOC comments, someone had mentioned that their Charles Schwab push had triggered the direct deposit requirement for the month, which initially I was thinking, oh, maybe it's something to do with brokerages are able to pass through effectively. So I didn't have a Charles Schwab account, but I did have a Chase U Invest account. So I decided to transfer money from Chase U Invest over to HM Bradley. And when you transfer, from Chase U Invest, they recently rebranded as Chase Brokerage and they set up their own LLC. So what shows up when you make that transfer is JPMC LLC as the sending bank. Whereas if you just sent money from like your Chase bank account, I believe that just shows up as Chase Bank, which wouldn't trigger it. Now, JPMC LLC did trigger the employer payroll requirements And my feeling too is that potentially Charles Schwab, when you transfer from their brokerage, is maybe also something like Charles Schwab LLC. Um, Untested, because I don't have a Charles Schwab account, but I I can confirm that Chase, you invest slash Chase brokerage, if you transfer money, like you put some cash in there and you transfer the cash from that account into HM Bradley, that will trigger the requirements and you save yourself the the hassle of setting up Square, hassle of setting up Gusto, and you know the potential of having to pay five or six dollars a month. Now, there's reasons beyond just HM Bradley why Square and Gusto could be useful generally for your churning efforts, especially if you're doing bank accounts. But I will save that for another time and uh, go into the second requirement that HM Bradley imposes. So the second requirement that HM Bradley has is. Definitely the most unique. I have not seen that with any other bank accounts. And I think it's probably the one that's contributing most to how they're getting more funding, you know, because it really does result in more money being saved with them and then potentially paying less interest. And the requirement is that the amount of money you deposit on a given quarter, so however much you're pushing in either manually or through your employer payroll, you can only withdraw up to 80%, as in they want you to keep 20% of that into your account. For most of us, I think using this account with such a high uh, cap on interest is we're using it to park money, right? And you're parking money for a variety of reasons. You know, either you just don't believe in the stock market or you want a safe haven or you're saving for a down payment on your house. You're parking that money in and what you're likely doing is you're putting in that full $100,000 right off the bat to start earning that 3%. And if you use some of the advice from earlier, you're only putting in 10 to $100 a month from payroll, whether that's by splitting your employer payroll, or you are using Square Augusto, or you're using one of the brokerages that have, or any bank really, that has LLC in the name. So things are going well. You know, you're making your 3% interest and the quarter goes by. Now you need 50 grand for a down payment on on an apartment 
And the problem is that when you withdraw that $50,000, in that first quarter where you deposited the $100,000, you had the ability to take out up to 80% of that and still qualify for the 3% tier for the next quarter. So that's fine. But if you had it in there for six months, when you now want to take out that $50,000, you're going to lose the 3% tier for the next quarter because let's say you're depositing $100 each month from payroll. So in a quarter, you're depositing $300. H.M. Bradley looks at how much you deposited in that quarter, $300, and says you can take out 80% of that and we need you to keep at least 20% of that. So you can take out 80% of $300 in that quarter. If you take out more, like you take out $50,000, they look at how much you deposited that quarter, $300, and look at how much you took out that quarter, $50,000. And now uh, you're so far negative that you're you're just not going to qualify that quarter, right? Unless you put a lot more money in. So the liquidity issue has been the thorn that's turned off a few of my friends on this account when I recommend it to them um, because they are going to use that money in the next 12 or 24 months and they don't want to lose the 3% because at that point, if you're going to lose 3% and you're going to get like 0% on your $100,000, you may as well just put it in the stock market, which is what they are doing. So workarounds to that. Now, this one was shared um, by someone on DOC commenting and it's, it's a great technique It's not going to last forever, but it buys you a lot of time. And what I mean by that is on the quarter where you deposit $100,000, you will earn 3% as long as you don't take out more than 80%. But you want some kind of liquidity, right? You want some ability to access that money in the following quarter. So the workaround is that at the end of the quarter, the quarter where you deposited the 100 k you withdraw 80%. So if you put in 100K um, January 1st, before March 31st, you'll want to take out $80,000. The reason you take that out is because you will still qualify for the 3% tier. And what you can then do is that $80,000 on April 1st, the start of the new quarter, deposit that right back in. And now quarter of April through end of June, quarter two, H.M. Bradley will see, oh, you deposited $80,000 with us. You're able to take out 80% of $80,000 and still keep your 3% tier for Q3. Now, if you're following that logic, then Q3, you'll put in $64,000, of which you can take out 80%, and so on. And so there is a end date for how long you can do this. And with each subsequent quarter, you are getting access to less and less of your money. And the reason this provides liquidity is that you take out the $80,000 in the first quarter, you don't have to put it all back in, right? You now have access to that $80,000 to use on a down payment. However, by quarter two, you only have 64,000. And then by quarter three, 64 times, let's see here, 0.8, did not do the math right there. Uh, there we go. 64 times 0.8. You'll have $51,000. Then by Q4 times that by 0.8, you'll have $41,000.
And so this will give you liquid access to your funds at a diminishing rate over the course of two, three years, you know, and it slowly gets less until it's pretty much negligible. But, you know, you are getting two, three years worth of 3% interest. And especially if you're in P1, P2 mode, this is where you can really start to maximize this and extend the shelf life of this method. Because what you can do here is have P1 open just the one account initially and put in the $100,000. Then in two to three years, whenever the amount you can withdraw each quarter becomes too low for your comfort, you can then open an account for P2. And P2 can start that process again. And you can decide what you want to do with P1's account. But with P2, now you also, you've re reset the clock, right, on these uh, withdrawals each month. And when P2 runs out, you can actually create a joint account with HM Bradley, which is separate from P1 and P2's account. So you have up to three times to do this. And if each account gives you about two to three years, you're looking at eight to nine years <laughs> worth of um, work in this method, which like quite honestly, like who knows what the interest rate landscape is going to look like even in the next two, three years, right? Um, feds are going to be changing rates. H.M. Bradley might change their structure. They may go out of business. But, you know, the option is there. And it's, I think, nice to know that you, you could potentially carry this out long term and still maintain some amount of liquidity. And then to automate some things, you can use like Ally, for example, to just schedule. You calculate how much the withdrawals, inputs and outputs are and just uh, automate that on a quarterly basis. Although I, I would probably recommend against automating because you only need to do this once a quarter and where automation might bite you in the ass is if you are in a quarter where let's say the 31st of that month ends on is, is a Sunday, right? And now you scheduled your money to come out like usually three or four days before the end of the quarter. But if it happens to be a weekend or a holiday, your three to four days, the withdrawal may not come out until the beginning of the following quarter, which will completely fuck it up because you need to have, it's it's calculated quarter by quarter, right? So you have to be aware of like what what days are at the end of the quarter, whether there's holidays, weekends, and at that point, you may as well just set yourself a reminder to just check in like a week before the end of each quarter and look at the calendar and and see how you want to do it, which is which is what I ha currently have. All right, so those are the two methods for one, maintaining liquidity in your account that has such a large cash balance, and two, for finding a way to meet the employer payroll requirement when you don't have employer payroll or you don't have the ability to split employer payroll. All right, guys, that's it for the first episode of The Daily Churn. Hopefully you guys found that useful, but I would... Love to hear your feedback, um, seriously, because I, I know when I talk about churning with my wife, her eyes definitely start to glaze over, and I, I'm hoping that's not the case with you guys here. But if it is, please let me know. Um, let me know things that I can do differently to keep it interesting. And, you know, honestly, if it's not that useful, um, totally okay with not doing more episodes too. You won't hurt my feelings. It would save, I think, all of us a lot of time in the long run. But if we do continue, I think episode two will probably be about Square and Gusto and some nuances between those two. 
And, you know, I think people had some concerns about like, what forms are going to be submitted? Is there any tax implications to setting yourself up as a contractor, et cetera? And I've used both pretty heavily, um, one for my actual work and one for the purposes of churning. And then also some bank accounts where Square or Gusto will be useful for in terms of um, hitting those uh, bonus requirements. So yeah, stay tuned, hopefully, but leave some comments, please, and uh, let me know what you thought. Thanks, guys. See ya.